Welcome to A Photographer's Life. The channel that takes you behind the curtain into the world of professional architectural photography. Join us now for an episode with some of America's premier architectural photographers. Today's broadcast comes from a recent Zoom meeting of the Association of Independent Architectural Photographers. This discussion is led by AIAP Director Alan Blakely. We hope you enjoy the show. If you do, please let us know by liking this episode and subscribing to this channel. Now, on with the show. Hey, let's, uh, let's get started here real quick. Um, I just want to welcome you all. I, I was hoping we'd have people trickle in, and it looks like we're going to have that. We've got about 11 of us right now, and the ladies are not represented at all, it looks like at this point. Um, <laughs> I, th I think what we'd like to do is is do this on a once a month basis and um, being probably the last Friday of the month is what we've kind of talked about. Um, so I think that's about where we're going to be on this and do it on a monthly basis and then have this available as a podcast uh, the following week so that if you miss it, you'll be here. Um, you know, this, this first meeting is just kind of, let's see how this goes and let's get acquainted and lay some foundation for uh, doing this and making it productive in the future. Um, we'd like to have you submit topics for consideration um, ahead of time so that we, we do have an agenda to work from on upcoming meetings. Um, whatever is important, there'll be some commonality. I'm sure that there are things that are that everybody's concerned about, wants to talk about. And so we'd like to cover in a 60 minute time block, uh, we'd like to cover, you know, three or four subjects and see if we can uh, make sense of things and uh, help each other out in this way. Um, the podcast, like I say, is going to be publicly available. Um, if you're concerned about your public persona, <laughs> then you, you may not want to participate. I don't know. I think it's going to help you because we're going to market this to um, well, uh, SMPS is one of the ones that we've talked to this past week, and uh, we're trying to convince them to put a link on the SMPS website. So some of you are already members of SMPS as associates and things like that. Uh, that's one of the groups. The AIA is another one. Uh, we haven't approached ASID or IIDA. Uh, there's D. We've got a woman finally with us. <laughs> Okay, so that's that's kind of where we're uh, where we're headed with all this, um, and and today I I have some topics that I that I thought I'd just kind of throw out there to just get started with some things that I've learned over the past couple of weeks when I haven't really been all that busy as the as the years gotten started. Um, it sounds like most of you are doing pretty well. Um, would that be kind of the consensus that things are? okay no okay gary's telling me no <laughs> tell me more gary oh it's just been rough it, it's um it's really strange that in the last few years it's like january hits and all of a sudden i get just an amazing amount of uh, jobs that just flourish real quick mm -hmm. and then they just peter out and then 2020 started that way before you know, before COVID really kicked in. And uh, so much so that I even decided, hey, it's time to upgrade some glass. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so the, um, the the rest of the year just kind of really went downhill from there. Um, 
you know, got some contractors that um, have been clients of mine for, for a while now and some other past clients and a couple of surprises along the way, but the year itself has been uh, totally abysmal. But full disclosure, I'm staring down the barrel of retirement, so I'm not out there beating the pavement either. Okay. All right. But, uh, um, no, nothing, nothing flying high. Well, this is Tom. Um, Hi, Tom. Wolf, we we have had a banner year. Um, we're in a market that's really hot um, housing-wise since everybody's trying to move to Florida and Texas. Our business from last from uh, 19 to 20 was up 17%. So we had a great year. And the year before, we were up like 26%. So um, most of my work, though, is residential. Uh, I'm tapping into... Uh, some of the big uh, real estate brokers in the market here. And um, I probably do about 60% residential stuff and, and the rest is commercial and hospitality. We, I happen to live in a tourism town. And um, so we have a lot of Airbnb type activity and bed and breakfast. And it's a historical town, St. Augustine. So a lot of people want to come here. So I feel like I'm in a little bit of a bubble. But I'm thankful for it. But but um, it's just a hot market, and it just seems to be you know, not a lot of people specializing in architectural photography either. It's mostly events and weddings and that kind of stuff. So yeah. they were hit really hard. But but our business is doing great. Beautiful. Um, I wanted to bring up a, uh, a point here at the outset. Um, most of you have been around for a while and remembered the recession in '09. Um, what we saw at that time was a lot of people flood into the market who had lost jobs. And uh, so the bottom end of the market got flooded with a lot of photographers competing primarily on price. Um, I spoke this past week with um, a large photography retailer in New York who should <laughs> probably rename main nameless, <laughs> but they have two initials that they go by. Um, anyway, <laughs> Um, they said that their camera sales are were off the charts in 2020, and specifically the professional and prosumer cameras. So what that tells me is that the bottom end of the market is going to get flooded into again. Uh, at least that's my my inkling, um, based on what kind of gear has been sold recently. That there's people who have lost jobs or uh, maybe thinking they're going to transition to a different uh, job, that they're going to come in and compete on price. So just kind of as a warning flag, I think that's, I think that's what's going to happen to the low end of things. I don't see any of you as the low end of things. So, uh, you know, maintaining the professionalism that we already have in place, I think is going to help us ride that out. The real estate photographers, on the other hand, I think they're going to, probably have a rough rough year to come um any, anybody else seeing an influx of, of of new faces just as a result of this pandemic i've seen a lot of new faces in nashville tennessee and uh, a lot of folks reaching out to me asking to be assistants or yeah asking how i do certain things and i'm definitely happy to be helpful um but the the biggest thing that i want to communicate to people is don't devalue our industry 
Like, I don't have a problem with you being a vendor in town and I'll tell you everything I know, but like you have to charge rates that are not going to undercut everybody who's in business here. Well, we've had a few people come in this market, but the level of professionalism isn't there. So, you know, we just had a new person come in and they're undercutting everything, but the, the clients that I have appreciate the high quality and the feedback we're getting on results is what really tells the story. So um, I, I'm with you. Just don't discount the, the quality that we put out makes a difference if you have the right clients that appreciate it and are willing to pay for it. Yeah. Get rid of the ones that aren't. That's all I can say. I have a question for the group. Uh, so I, I've been doing architectural photography for a while but I don't do video and uh, video is obviously very big in residential, particularly real estate photography. Uh, what's the experience of the group relative to uh, uh, commercial uh, architecture, large projects? Is uh, video real big on that? I haven't seen, uh, very few of my clients have actually asked me about that, which just surprised me. Uh, I, I was asked to do video this year or last year for um, a construction project, but they were training videos uh, for the maintenance crew. And so I learned a ton of how to do video over that time period. But other than that, I haven't done any of the architecture. I have some input on that. Yeah, Greg. Uh, my, name is, my name is Greg. I'm in Oregon. And uh, I have collaborative partners. Um, I don't do video. Well, I can, but I don't. And I didn't want to gear up and train on aerial. So I actually have two very high-end partners that we pull each other in on, on work. So, you know, I, I recommend aerial on jobs. And so I have a reliable person I go to and pull in and vice versa. So, so we've done fairly well being able to, you know, look better to high-end clients by offering a variety of, of these services that we can put together in different ways. I, I think that's a great point. Um, I'll, get, I'll get to you just a second there. Um, okay. Um, I've, I've done exactly the same thing, and, and mostly because I felt like I'm, I'm too old to learn this at this point, and this is not what I do best. Um, so I partnered with a video, a video production company and what's happened is that we're able to send each other business that we otherwise wouldn't get. Um, I wouldn't get the work because I need, they couldn't add video and they couldn't get the work because they couldn't add the, the stills or aerials. And so um, that's worked best for me. I just, um, I think that's, that, that's not what I do best. And I, at this point, I don't want to want to head down that road. Um, so, you know, that, that would be my recommendation too. Now, D, I interrupted you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> well, and I, I was going to mention, I really have not, most people don't ask for it as far as the architects, um, especially because they're mainly it's, it goes in their proposals. What we're providing is, is about getting their next job um, and what they put on their website. I did get a request from a manufacturer does the metal clad um you know, exterior panels um, recently. And he wanted, they wanted video because they are starting to add that to their website. Um, there's another manufacturer that does the really big walkable um, 
ceiling lights. They wanted video. Um, and, um, but it was, it was really about creating a story on their website. So those are a couple of, couple of things that, um, that I, that I did provide, but not a, not at like a complete packaged video like you would do for a real estate listing. Um, so I think there is going to be some trend to that. I, what I have done with video, I, I am a drone pilot. I started doing that in 2016 because I, I felt like it, especially for the larger projects, it was very important and I wanted to be able to be in control of that. Um, but as far as video is concerned, if, if I do need sound, I've got a sound guy, I don't try to try to, it's a, it's a little different mentality. Um, what I would say from a video standpoint to where, um, you, you have, you have more of a crew. I mean, it's not just an assistant, but I, I have a video guy that handles a video. If I've got anybody that's talking, um, and then I use an editor that, so I'm not doing that. I can do it. I'm just not efficient at it. And, um, and so I, I want to outsource that and focus on my, uh, my architect, my, my photography, my still photography and this, and I also do 360 work. So, um, and so, but that's high end, not the 360 cameras. Don't even get me started on those anyway. Um, but so if you do dabble in video or, or want to do something like that, the drone is really easy to start with that. And then, uh, you know, get, get a team built up that, actually provides those technical pieces so you don't have to do it. So anyway, that's, I, I think there will be more, but I, the higher end architects, I'm not sure that they will go there. So. Yeah, I, I can speak up for it. I, I, uh, I, uh, my, well, my primary business is uh, residential uh, in the San Francisco Bay Area, high-end residential architects, contractors, interior designers, and such. Probably 80% of my business, although this week I also photographed a, a new homeless shelter in San Francisco for a company that provided the steel on that. And uh, I've dabbled with, uh, my my strong point is still, still photography, you know, ground-based still photography, providing stunning photos for my clients and occasionally I've tried other things uh, on my own video and time lapse and drone and uh, what I've I, what I've come back to is you know stick with what I'm good at and outsource the the other you know like like you folks have been saying outsource the other uh, uh, needs and um, although the drone I. I, I find the drone quite useful to have my own license and fly. So if I'm flying uh, a couple times, I have like a house on a hill and I can put a drone up in the air and, you know, 20 minutes or so, I can get some really nice shots of the project and, and just incorporate it into my own services. So uh, that's it. And then here in the San Francisco Bay Area, the remodeling industry is going like gangbusters right now. So I'm looking at, I, I would expect that later this year, I'm going to be very busy with inquiries. And I think I have a big enough network that uh, my name sort of floats around and people find me. And I think I'm high enough up the ladder, so to speak, that the incoming folks are not going to, occasionally they seem to take the small fish out of my, out of my network, but um, as far as I'm concerned, they can have them. And like, like uh, one of you said, I'm, you know, I, I just turned 70 and um, I'm hoping to keep doing this, but I'm sort of slowing down on the marketing. So uh, I have other things I want to do with my time besides spend the entire 
work week behind the camera and doing the business. So that's what I'll, I'll say. Thank you. Pablo, does that, does that answer what you were uh, asking there? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I mean, uh, actually, my wife is a real estate agent and she keeps pushing me and you got to do video, you got to do video. And uh, I'd love to do video, but uh, I'm not naive about it. My son is actually a, a, a filmmaker in L.A. And uh, I'm not going to jump into something unless I can do it proficiently and doing professional quality video. I don't really see that happening uh, anytime soon. And then you have to gear up to, uh, you know, get the necessary equipment and whatnot. Maybe I'm being lazy. I don't know. But my clients haven't really asked for it. And uh, I'm still uh, able to provide them with work that raises their eyebrows, uh, which is a reason I think they hire people like us. Uh, once, they, once they see uh, how transformative a photograph can be to their projects, they get excited about it. It's not just like giving yeah. their, uh, their superintendent uh, a camera, or in this case, an iPhone, let them walk around the project. Once they see real work, they go, wow. And uh, as long as that's the case, I'm, you know, I, I'm not inclined to get in a video. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's I think that's where a lot of us are at this point. Um, you know, I think our, our competitive advantage um, uh, for members of this group is is the level of the work that we do. The great work is always the best competitive advantage um, that, that we're not going to compete on on levels of price and things like that. But uh, it's the fact that, like you said, Pablo, that people are going to see something that they haven't seen before if they have, have one of us come in. Before we go any farther, I want to share with you, um, I pulled a group of photography buyers to see what it is that they look for uh, when they're looking for to hire an architectural photographer. Uh, these are from major markets and um, uh, both interior design and architectural firms, um, as well as uh, commercial contractors. Um, I didn't really look at the residential builders at all, but what they told me is that they wanted to immediately be impressed when they landed on the website, that as they click through, um, that it's that those first few seconds that really are important to them. Um, and the next thing that they wanted was, uh, they wanted to know how, how to get in touch with the photographer as you know, the easiest way possible, that they wanted to be able to find an email link and a telephone number and not necessarily have to fill out a form. Um, the forms were great if they needed to explain a project, but, but they felt like uh, there were a lot of sites they were landing on where the only option was to fill out a form. Uh, rather than click on an email link, or even uh, since a lot of these folks are, are using their phones. Um, I mean, the mobile traffic that we've seen through the website has just really skyrocketed. And, and I don't know that's a lot of photographers, but there are a lot of buyers doing that as well. So if they can click on a call me now link, um, you know, a telephone link, that that's important. Um, so I just wanted to share those two things with you that, that um, that we could probably take a second look or have somebody else take a second look at our, our personal websites and maybe see if there's some improvement to be had there. Because um, the click through, you know, 
we're we're focused on getting that clip through for you. But once that happens, um, then there's got to be some some other things that are there to attract that buyer. So um, I just wanted to pass that on to you. Um, I, I noticed that we had Linda join us here, so we have we have two of the women contingency. <laughs> On now, you know when when the AIP will be twenty hi, years. Morning. Yes, I the, the AIP will be twenty years old this year. Um, and when we started the AIP, um, it was sixty percent women. Um, wow. The industry the industry has changed dramatically. I don't know if you, those of you who have been working that long, um, remember that most of the shooters for. Um, you know, the big firms and big magazines were generally women. This was a kind of a women-dominated industry. That's that shifted and uh, kind of turned upside down. I'm not sure what happened, but uh, ladies, we're glad to have you back. <laughs> Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you. Um, I, I wanted to bring up one other point here that, that was uh, mentioned in in discussions with photography buyers that we've been doing over the last few weeks. And that was with, with multi-party licensing. Um, is, is everybody um, doing some kind of multi-party licensing on the front end of, uh, of a job or bids or anything like that? Tell me where you are on that. I'd just be curious to know. I, I do, um, okay. if it's part of a proposal. Mm -hmm. Uh, I addressed okay. that right away, and it's gotten me bumped off of a few projects. Okay. I found that to be a major part of, of what I do now. Uh, one of the things that uh, I guess has astonished me over the last few years is actually how little large companies want to pay for photography. But if you bring several parties into the, into the mix, uh, you can end up earning a decent uh, amount on a job that otherwise people are not gonna to wanna to pay a lot. So uh, what, I, what I found is uh, typically you'll have, uh, I work for a lot of contractors, so the contractor will be one of the clients. Typically the architect will be another client. Uh, the client is often another client and the engineering firm usually wants some photos too. And so what I found is uh, I, can, I can get them all on board uh, by persuading them that uh, the cost to each, each party will be less, uh, even though I would be making more money on it. And uh, I used to get some blowback on this and people thought I was double dipping and stuff. And then what I start telling people is uh, every time somebody comes to the table, that adds value to the photography. And so people seem to understand that. You weren't just charging more because you were greedy or something. If more people are going to be using the images, that adds value to what you're doing. So people uh, people seem to respect that. And uh, but definitely, uh, most of what I shoot now, uh, I find that several people are interested, and you should make an effort to go after that because if you don't, uh, you're probably leaving some money on the table. Yeah, I'd like to speak to that too. I, I had a similar experience uh, several years ago when I was really at the height of marketing. I sort of had a goal of turning every job into three, cli three clients and I built uh, 
part of my clientele that way. Uh, so, you know, if the contractor comes to me and says, you know, we've got a remodel or a house, we want you to photograph, I would say, well, it, it, is the architect interested? Is, uh, you know, the engineering firm interested? And uh, get as many parties on board before we, you know, when I'm writing a proposal and write that into the proposal and my basic pricing structure, I have what I call a, a package deal. I've got a half day package, what I call a half day package and a full day package. And so what, and, and then that includes a certain amount of images, licensing for a certain amount of images and additional parties come on board. I just charge additional licensing fees for the additional pictures and that can drive up the, the overall cost significantly, at least put more money in my pocket and it brings the cost down. Like, like Pablo was saying, it's uh, every party gets uh, a price break or gets a price break that way. And, you know, I, I consider my, um, my product to be marketing leverage. And every time somebody's using one of my pictures, they don't work, I'm creating marketing leverage, like, like Pablo was saying. So, so I find that of a very valuable way to do it. I think uh, oftentimes I forget to ask when I'm approached it's about, you know, I just shot a project late earlier this week and came up so fast I didn't ask, but during the shoot, I discovered that the, the plumbing fixture provider and uh, I was shooting for the contractor and the architect, sounds like there are four or three other parties that want to get in on this project. So that's a good way to, you know, that's, I think that's great. It does get a little complicated because everybody sort of has their own story to tell. So um, I'm actually Monday going back to reshoot a bathroom that uh, that the contractor wanted on a big house remodel. And uh, I don't know, the interior designer was with me on the shoot and sort of did the, the art direction. And after the fact, you know, the contractor said, oh, can we go back and get these other pictures that I want. So uh, if you've got multiple parties, you've got to remember that, you know, everybody's got their own individual story to tell and you, you sort of have to, that, that can complicate things a little bit. One of the things I found that <clears throat> helps along these regards is uh, putting your pictures up on your website in a way that a lot of people can see them without you necessarily knowing who they are. So. What I'll do is I'll post all the photographs of a project uh, with a watermark on them. People can see them. They can't just grab a screenshot and use it. Uh, and the actual work I deliver through, uh, through something like Hightail. But then what starts to happen, and sometimes it's several years later, I'll get an email from somebody saying, uh, you know, we did this on this project. Uh, are those images available? And that's worked out really well. I mean, it's, it's wonderful to get an email like that. But it's important that uh, people are able to see the work because uh, you never know who's going to look at it. And if you have it set up so that every time somebody looks at, your, at that page, you get an email saying that, you know, somebody just logged into that, you start to see how that works. So I, I encourage people to, you know, set something like that up if you don't already have that. I think that's a great idea. Um, I've been doing something similar to that for a number of years, and uh, I, I find that I, I try to I try to figure out who's all involved in the project at the front end of things, um, yeah. and then give them and offer some pricing. But immediately after the shoot, I I, I send out a link to all of those people of a, a preview page. It's a private link. It's watermarked. 
and it's up for one week and they can look, take a look at everything and make a commitment for licensing or not. And with that, with that one week window, I find that I can get commitments a lot quicker and uh, that people will, will uh, jump onto that a lot faster. Um, and then if I, you know, if I know who everybody is then I can offer them a price um, as they all go in on this together. Um, and so, you know, mm -hmm. uh, typically maybe a shoot that would, would have billed at $2,000 may bill, may bill at $10,000. So uh, it's, it's no more work for me, but um, there are some people that are just a little bit hesitant to say, yeah, let's go, uh, I'm in on this when they haven't seen the work yet. And so I found that, uh, you know, getting some kind of a, a verbal, yes, I'm interested at the front end and then posting that preview uh, website uh, kind of seals the deal. And uh, the last few years, uh, licensing um, beyond the, and the base fee has accounted for about 40% of our billing. So, um, you know, I, I think it's something worth exploring. And obviously, Pablo is doing well at that as well. Anybody else have thoughts on that? I've got clients that uh, I've trained most of them to know about splitting cost with with uh, consultants and so forth, but they, they go either two ways. They set it up at the front end or they wait and see what the pictures look like. And then some just choose a few and some want the whole package. So it's a it's kind of a mixed bag. I, I'd be interested in, in seeing uh, how you structure the licensing portion of it, um, just for a technical legal standpoint. I've, I've got a, a system that most of my clients enjoy. It's I, I give discounts the more people there are. And right. uh, I make more money, but they get a better price the more they involve. Yeah, that, that probably wasn't something I made clear, but that, yeah, that, that one week period, that first week where that preview page is up on, at least for my clients, <clears throat> um, there is a multi-party discount involved. And so, you know, one party is X amount of dollars, two parties are X amount each. That's good for the entire portfolio of images for a week. Uh, beyond that, um, I then will license, I'll license the entire portfolio or individual images, but not at a discount. And so it compels people to, to make a decision and, and act um, quickly on that and consequently it allows me to bill rather quickly so that's a good part of that for me one of the things i do yeah. yeah one of the things i do is after the fact i'll uh, i can either license the entire package or sell individual images and the individual images are well like one image might be 150 bucks <clears throat> and uh it makes sense in a way because people have the they're they can see everything and maybe pick five or six. But in order to get to that five or six, uh, they would have to have seen all of them. In other words, people don't necessarily understand, well, I, I only want a few shots. Well, you might only want a few shots, but in order for me to get you those few shots, I got to shoot a whole bunch more shots. So if you're going to want to cherry pick them after the fact, uh, they're going to they're cost you a little bit more. So people understand that too. And it works out for me that way. Great, thank you. Um, 
we're we're in we're coming to the end of what we had scheduled as far as time on this. Um, uh, I, I just I wanted to uh, to bring up just a couple more things with regard to social marketing, social media. Um, one of the things in our interviews that we also found was that LinkedIn is the primary resource that photography buyers are using to find photographers. Second to that is Instagram. But the people in the architecture, construction, engineering industry, uh, not necessarily interior designers, they're, they're more Instagram-centric and Pinterest, which go um, figure. But anyway, uh, LinkedIn seems to be the one where um, the SMPS crowd is, is more focused. And so um, that, that, that was their feedback, is that um, they don't care about Facebook. Um, and they, they're probably not going to follow you on Twitter, but if you have a LinkedIn presence and, uh, and, and choose to connect with them and introduce yourself on LinkedIn, then that's a really good way to network with these people. Um, and then, you know, invite them to follow you on Instagram from there. Um, we are going to plan to do this the last Friday of, uh, of February again. We'll have a little bit longer time and we will uh, go through an agenda. But in the meantime, I need you to either email me directly or private message me through uh, the, the Facebook group, the AIP Facebook group or something like that so that we have a list of topics that would be important and, and useful to talk about. Um, I, I was uh, a member of another organization for a number of years and it was great to get together and and you know become friends and and have kind of that club atmosphere but i didn't gain anything at all business-wise i don't want that to be the case with this um you know let's make this a, a worthwhile situation so um that's where i would uh, i would hope that we could we could make this go at this point um i want to thank you each of you for your support over this last year um there we've had some people that um, um, were members of our organization who've who've had really catastrophic uh, personal situations as a result of the pandemic um, and they've lost family members we haven't lost any members but um, it's affected it's affected us uh, all and you know i've lost friends I, i'm sure you, you you know people and so um I, I appreciate you, you know, staying on board and uh, I'm looking forward to a good year this year. I think we're in a unique niche and one that's not going to go away. And uh, I just would encourage everybody to, to continue to do the, the amazing work that you do. Um, and we'll continue to work hard to make sure the people that buy your work know what you do and know how to get in touch with you. Is there anything else that uh, anybody would like to say before we wrap this up? I did have a quick question about uh, LinkedIn bet. and if yeah. any folks use um, the uh, premium LinkedIn or just do the free version and if there's a big difference there. I, I've been a premium member for a number of years and I think the difference is just in the number of contacts that you're able to uh, have uh primarily and the, and the searches that you're able to do i could you know i could be wrong on that but it seemed to me that i was limited 
with the uh, free version. And so it was easy for me to upgrade. It was well worth it. And so th th that's where I went with that. Does that answer, it, Gabe? Yeah, thank <laughs> okay. you so much. All right. I will say what I like about the uh, your your Zoom meeting idea is that since we got rid of the conversations that we were always having, the threads on the LinkedIn AIAP page, uh, I, I kind of missed that because there, there were a lot of good discussions in there. Some of it got snarky, but most of it was some pretty good discussion and, uh, and everybody could bounce things off of each other on an ongoing basis. So maybe this, this and supplant that. Um, I, th I think so to some extent, uh, the, the LinkedIn just didn't ha have the participation that we were hoping for. And so we've kind of just set that aside. Uh, however, Facebook is, it, is, is, has a little bit more immediacy to it. And, mm -hmm. uh, the Facebook page doesn't get used much at all. So if you're not on there, um, your email address that you have with us is already pre-approved. So, um, you know, use that to ask questions. Every once in a while, something comes up, and you know, you just need to to ask a second opinion about something. Um, I will tell you that there are some things coming down the pike as far as um, manufacturers wanting um, some of our members to to beta test some products, uh, both hardware and software. And so, I I will be in touch with some of you at that point and. Uh, some of them are aerial products and uh, some of them are uh, camera systems and lenses. So uh, look forward to that within sometime within the next few months. Um, I'm hoping to be able to uh, put you in touch with those people so that you can give them some independent opinions if you're, not, if you're willing to do that. Thank you to everyone. Question for you, Alan. Yes. Um, I'm in another group as well that um, is similar to this, and it's a very focused um, group, it happens to be um, aerial in nature, but um, mm -hmm. we have what they call the coffee connection every Tuesday morning, and they've mm -hmm. been good about um, getting together um, speakers or um, talking about a, a specific event that's going on in the aerial uh, arena right now. Um, okay. So I really love this. This is the first time now you get to see faces uh, with names uh, in our group. I love that. Um, so uh, personally, I would love to chat in this group more often than once a month, but I don't know what kind of response that might get with, with everybody else or even if everybody else has the time. But um, once a month is, is certainly a great start. Thank you. Let's explore that. Will you maybe shoot me an email after this or a message and and we can start talking back and forth and I'd like to learn more about what what it is that you've you've mentioned here about the the coffee connection uh, how that works and uh, maybe we can there you something are like that yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> maybe we can put something like that together yeah I think that would be good I don't know what everybody else's thoughts are on that but um that would be you know I mean we're all trying to achieve the same thing so any any little bit helps maybe Okay. Yeah. I hope that I would, we're going to be, say, all be too busy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be I a lovely say, problem to have, don't you think? <laughs> that if we, we don't have the attendance because we're all out working. <laughs> I, have a, I have a quick question for the group. Just uh, looking out at everybody's faces, uh, I've noticed that we're not all in our 20s or 30s. Oh, I noticed no. that too. <laughs> I love that. Oh, 
Well, I wonder about that because, uh, I don't know, architectural photography to me is not necessarily uh, a non-physical thing to do. And I wonder how people, uh, when they, you know, I often wonder, well, when I finally show up on my clients whom I don't always meet uh, in, uh, in person, do they think this guy's up to the, up to the job? Because some of these uh, projects, you know, you, you end up walking a couple of miles a day up and down stairs around the building, all in this. and Flipping uh, all the gear, too. Absolutely. So, <laughs> I mean, it's not four by five the way it used to be. But uh, it's, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> ah, but we all remember what that was like. That's right. Yeah, that's help us. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one thing I've enjoyed about the drone photography. It, it's... I can get some just below roof height shots that I used to be on a very tall ladder and I don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> well, I've still got a 50 foot mast if anyone's interested. Wow. So, uh, <laughs> uh, Dee, we, we missed a comment from you. you, you well, Dee, I, yeah. I was going to say, um, um, I, I guess I'm, I'm, part of a couple of gr different groups as well. And, um, and I, and I do think um, having a weekly meeting just from a social standpoint, I think we're all kind of starving socially, um, but definitely, definitely having something that's more focused on business related because, and not mixing the two. So have a stated purpose. If we're going to, if we're going to have like some coffee chats or whatever, then that social, you're obviously going to talk about some things that are business related, but the primary purpose being more, you know, how are things going, anything interesting coming up, that sort of thing versus the monthly meetings. I'm thinking more along the lines, let's, let's have more of a focused agenda on what we're trying to accomplish during that time frame, um, and then have a more concerted effort to actually make it on a monthly basis when, and so um, just, that those are just my thoughts because I, I've been involved in too many of these meetings where there there's not a stated purpose and um, they just it goes for too long. So I agree. Thank you. I I appreciate that. I I, I think that's I think that's interesting. Let's pursue that. Um, I'll probably reach out to you privately um, after this and and see if we can maybe go from there. Again, thank you to everyone. We're going to wrap up now. Um, and uh, I hope to see you back here again next month. And uh, stay in touch. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for putting it together. Thanks. Huh? Thanks. Uh, you Thanks. Know.